0: Get back to nature, y'all. Yes. Get, get some natural food,
1: dude. You gotta keep it chilling, cause I got a good feeling. My heart is open so wide. Yo. Boom, boom, boom. It's going activate, This is the time. Get off your computers and for your mind. Get your feet back in the earth this is the time like a tree and a bee bird butterfly. People wonder why I gotta give it to the most high peaks. Cause I bring to the beat and I seek truth within. Coming once again. I'm here with Edric, Kick kick kick
0: kick it. Welcome to Beyond the Matrix with your host, Edric Suber. Have you ever wondered if this is all there is in life? What lies beyond what we were made to believe? In this podcast, we're going to uncover real human stories of those who have taken courage to go off the beaten path and live in full authenticity. We're going to challenge what you believe is possible, fuel your spirit with courage and heart with warmth to fully live your truth. So buckle up and get ready for the ride beyond the matrix. Welcome back to Beyond the Matrix. Our guest for today is the master of healthy, conscious, farm-to-table cuisine. And he has worked for the actor Will Smith and his family as a freelance chef. And not only that, his love for travel and food and nature has led him to cook and design recipes and menus for lots of retreats and food brands and restaurants around the world and today we're very glad to have him to talk a little bit about the book that he's launching called retreat which is a play words between retreat and eat and we're going to hear his journey of what gets him to be so passionate about just this really unique intersection of human connection community healthy food Com- and, and a thriving planet. I'm um, yeah. really curious to dig in. And so without further ado, uh, please welcome Evan Rielly. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, just really happy
1: to be here. And I love your energy and excited to uh, discuss and explore.
0: Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Um, the first thing that came to my mind is like, do you ever grow up thinking that you're actually going to publish a book? no (laughs) but but i do remember um
1: when i was a kid watching uh cooking shows Mm. and those kind of had like a pretty big impact on me at like a hard time in my life Mm. and um yeah it was cool i liked watching them i'd get super hungry i'd be watching like (laughs) oh man i want to eat that (laughs) and it just uh, inspired me to start cooking and my sister and i started cooking uh together when my basically my parents split up Mm -hmm. and then my mom went back to college so we were alone a lot Mm -hmm. and in that time i was watching a lot of cooking shows Mm -hmm. and uh, and then we started cooking and like i remember like making this uh caesar salad from uh, emerald i don't know if you've heard of him no he was kind of famous for going bam (laughs) (laughs) at the time like lots of people would say um anyways we made the caesar salad and I remember, like, leaving an app for my mom for when she came home, and, like, she was so grateful, and it was just a cool, um, it had a really cool impact on my life, mm. and that's actually one of my goals after the book, is to have a cooking show, so, Sweetie. and it, it travel, surf, adventure, cooking, and um, exploring different cultures, and indigenous people, and their relationships to food. And,
0: yeah, 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 that's what I, makes me feel so intrigued to talk to you about your journey, because, you're not just a chef who's cooking food but you have this love for nature and uh the jungle and mother earth and community and there's a lot of things in there and I'm intrigued by like what was the the journey to kind of like get to who you are and yeah and the, the inspiration behind this book and you can talk a little bit about like the what makes this this book so unique beyond just like a normal cookbook
1: yeah sure um I think what makes it unique is it's a book really about connection and about helping people form a greater connection to the earth Mm. and to themselves and their community through food, like using food as a medium, Mm. Um, rather than a cookbook that is like, do this recipe and you get Mm. to eat something good. It's more like, what are all the blessings you can have from cooking other than the eating like of mm-hmm. course everyone loves eating especially if it's good food it's like yeah. the the cherry on top the pinnacle you know? yeah but there's all these amazing experiences that happen in the process where meeting farmers or growing the food and creating that connection to the earth and that mm. community um spending time with loved ones cooking together mm. being present with food the smells in the kitchen and like there's all these really beautiful mm. experiences yeah that come around food which is such a big part of most humans everyday life yeah and as we're moving into this faster pace modern technological time yeah i'm noticing more and more people are missing all those blessings that come out of food other than the eating yeah and so i would say it's about that in a way and from cooking for a lot of retreats a retreat is a space where people step out of their everyday life mm. and they live in a different reality and generally it's slowed down yeah. there's more connection um and i was the one making the food for all these different kinds of retreats yeah but holding that kind of center space of like okay i'm nourishing the people and with food but also energetically because mm. that's what i do yeah um, And so there's all these cool lessons that came from that and things I saw that like, wow, like this could help so many people that haven't been on a retreat just in their everyday life to be Mm. like, hey, you know what, let's like not work this Sunday and let's just like get together and cook and like hang out as a family or hang out as friends and Mm. create those connections. Yeah, there's so much
0: that goes that that's, that goes beyond the food that we eat on the plate. There's so much story and values like you kind of alluded to, like where's the food coming from, like the process of gathering the food and bringing people together to to harvest, to grow and to cook together. It, it, it does, food brings people together. And I think often in today's day and age, like we take food for granted as something just to, to to appeal to our palatable kind of pleasures and uh sustain ourselves especially now that everything is so easy and on demand to get food delivered to your plate you you forget about the story behind where is the food coming from and what's the process to get that food to your to your to your table
1: yeah totally yeah and as as we can become more connected to that process I see it as a way of connecting people back to the earth mm. because that's where all of our food comes from. Yeah. And as we start understanding and really acknowledging that connection, it's natural to want to take better care of the earth, mm-hmm. this thing that's feeding us and nourishing us. And so that's that's a big mission of mine is to help mm. people get more into connection with the earth. And I think Naturally, anything we connect with and we grow a love for, we want to take care of it. Right. We want to treat it good. Right. And in doing that, it also treats us good, and we build this really positive relationship. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in the process, I think probably around the Industrial Revolution, things kind of went like, mm-hmm. and a little bit <laughs> out of whack. Right. So it's like, um, and a lot of that connection was lost, and a lot of like doing things in a way that's like, good for me good for the earth good for me good for you like let's win-win situations it it turned a little more like okay let's get as much as we can out of this so we can Mm -hmm. make as much money as we can right which money is super fun and cool yeah but let's make money in a way that's like good for everyone yeah
0: yeah yeah In a way that makes our planet humanity and everyone thrive not like at the expense of someone else or something else yeah Yeah. And I love the point that you mentioned about the connection that we are kind of losing right now. And now it becomes clear like how like really knowing and building this connection to our food, it could lead to a healthier relationship to the planet. Because when we know where the food is coming from, that it comes from planet Earth, Mother Earth and the soil, we develop a deeper connection and empathy for the planet uh, uh, in, in, in general. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the disconnect that we see of why people don't care about the environment is because they, they just don't sense that connection. And it's so beautiful that you're rebuilding the lost connection through food, which is very close to our day-to-day kind of routine. We, we eat food every day, but we often start and pause and think about, where's the food coming from? And if we could build that awareness, yes, uh, that could change the whole relationship and awareness around environment and, and, and Mother Earth around us. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm curious now, like uh you've had a, a unique experience of cooking for retreats. Yes. Which I think is a very uh different environment from you know, a restaurant yeah. or you know, like <laughs> uh, and I've been to a couple of retreats and like you said it's uh it's a very unique space where people get to slow down more, people go there for an intention or purpose to become a better person, to be, be to connect more to themselves yeah. so i'm curious what's their experience like because you have a bunch of different uh experiences even as a chef like you cook yeah. in different environments yeah what what's so unique about cooking for retreats
1: yeah so the unique i mean one of the most unique things as a chef cooking for a retreat is i'm solely responsible for their food mm. they don't really have another option i mean they could try and leave for every meal but you kind of miss out on the retreat experience. Mm. So in a way, it becomes a family. I'm responsible for feeding everyone. Mm. Um, I remember when I first started cooking for retreats, there was I was very nervous mm. because I was like, man, if they don't like the food, they're kind of stuck with it, you know? Right. And I've heard people talk about going on retreats where the food sucked. Yeah. Because I'm a chef, you know, tell right. me and. Um, So in the same way, though, it's a very special opportunity because for this whole time period, I am responsible for their food. So I can bring in all these new food experiences Mm. and new awarenesses to them of, like, new ingredients. And because I would be going, like, to local farms and I would go to trees I know and harvest the food, I would be sharing all these gifts with them. So people would be... Mm really amazed and really inspired and mm. i could have a big impact on their life just by feeding them really mm. and some of the most um, impactful retreats were actually the silent retreats mm. and i think it was because they were slowing down and i had like all these beautiful herbs and really cool stuff for them to try and they were being so present with it and people were Actually, having like their whole relationship with food change mm. because of that experience, and because the food I was getting was so fresh and vibrant and full of life force, and G and and then prepared in a way that's like healthy and very delicious. Mm. So they're like, "Whoa! Like, what is it? You know, yeah, right. This is good for me. Yeah, and this does taste really good." Yeah, <laughs> because a lot of people, I I think it's shifting, but for some time period, like healthy and delicious didn't go together for a lot of people yeah now it does there's more and more really awesome chefs that have really like mastered using all these different ingredients and techniques for healthy food that tastes really good Mm. um so yeah i would say that and like this sort of um it becomes more like a family because you're with everyone for this time period and there's it's a container that you're all kind of in and depending on the retreat there's different uh rules in a way mm. that are different than in regular society which are a lot of unspoken rules mm. and a lot of it is almost like breaking down some of these rules so that people can be more authentic and more real and that's uh it's a special energy to be in it's really yeah. nice yeah yeah and it'd be strange at the end of the retreat you know because it was like you build this awesome thing and then yeah it's like okay now <laughs> we're gonna go back to the, <laughs> yeah, yeah but i could bring it back and um yeah, so it was a really fun environment to really, like, share my gift with people.
0: Yeah, it's, I like the part yeah. where you're kind of involving people in the process of kind of your cooking, like, oh, this is, these are the ingredients that you're going to be using for the, for what you're going to cook for today, yeah. and I, I could, like, just this morning, I, I saw a dragon fruit tree for the first time. Okay, I cool. Like, oh, I never knew that it looks like a cactus, Yeah, <laughs> and, like, I mean, I, you, so many dragon fruits in Bali. I never knew the where it came from, was the source, and having yeah. even just by having seen that, my love and appreciation for dragon fruit like grew so much more. Totally, yeah. So I could totally see the impact of this involving people in this process, seeing where the food comes from, and and this builds so much connection to to nature, to Mother Earth. Yeah. Um. And I, I forgot to mention the introduction, but you also uh, you found this uh, Ulu Fruit Forest. Yes. Uh, you want to speak a little bit more to to what to that?
1: Summarize? Yeah, yeah. So Ulu Food Forest is a community food forest, and a forest, a food forest, is basically um, a forest which mm. is composed of trees and other plants and animals that all have this relationship. And so, a food forest is basically mimicking the natural cycles of a forest and growing mostly food. Mm. So it's sort of like the Garden of Eden. Mm. That's kind of yeah. that's kind of the goal. Yeah. And And it's not, for me, Ulu Food Forest is not really just about the food. Mm. It's really a space for people to get connected to the earth. Mm. Especially uh, in Bali, there's a lot of Westerners traveling and we're living this very kind of luxurious, beautiful life that's amazing. And not that many Westerners are really like doing physical work or Mm. like getting their hands in the earth. And there's a lot of really cool blessings from that. So open a space for that connection and and for healing, like all the healing that can happen by connecting with the earth. Mm. Um, so that and and also as we're working in the garden, we're not just focusing on like growing a tree so we can get food. We're actually doing a lot of focus on building soil. So we're like growing and creating really vibrant, nutrient dense soil mm. and doing water restoration as well. So getting more water to go back into the groundwater and saved on the land. Um, which as a result will grow very beautiful trees and, mm. and they all start to work together so we create an environment of more abundance yeah
0: yeah and you're also creating a sense of community like just yes just so beautiful to see like people in uluwatu coming together and like starting you know uh, planting soils and like really managing the garden and it just creates this connection among each other and, yes and even I, i've been there once and i was just amazed by like the the work that it took to just like you know, fertilize the soil, like chopping grass that took so much effort and like physical uh, uh, effort and 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 by being in that process, like by being so involved, uh, I could see how, again, people develop deeper appreciation for what's being served on their plate, because again, people tend to be, when people don't care about something, it's because they, they haven't seen themselves much enough in the process of whatever is involved in that thing and like bringing people together not only you're connecting them and also getting them involved in this whole process you're deepening the connection to again food mother nature yeah exactly beautiful yeah i'm curious for you like how do you um have have you always developed this love for nature and your um the awareness for like being a some being part of something bigger than just yourself which is like caring for the planet like how did that awareness and consciousness kind of develop in your life
1: yeah so the first one with nature yeah since i was a kid i've loved like climbing trees and Mm. exploring and like the mountains by my house and being in nature and that's both my parents love that so i kind of grew up in a nature friendly home Mm. uh yeah so i love that and as far as the i think the second question was regarding like um caring for things bigger than myself. Mm. That, I would say that has developed more and more the more inner work and more like searching I've done within myself Mm. of like um, originally searching for freedom from unpleasant sensations or pain within myself of like, okay, this is so much pain i'm feeling how do i stop feeling Mm -hmm. this basically yeah (laughs) like what do i do to stop yeah and then um as i've been on that journey it's like most of the pain is actually connected to lies or untruth or things i couldn't be present with so as Mm. i've cleared more and more of that then and and felt this sort of moments of uh being very lost or, like, mm. very deep struggle within myself. Of, and it really led me to question, why why am I here? Like, mm. what is, what am I doing here? You know right. I mean? so yeah. asking that question, well, it started mostly from a place of, like, a lot of, like, pain and fear and this kind of stuff. And as I've worked through those layers more and more, it's become more clear to me what I want to do with my life here, Mm. or at least in this time, and where I want to focus my life force and energy. Mm. And by doing the work and continuing to do the work to clear up trapped life force, which is maybe like lies or things I haven't been present with, not lies like I'm telling lies, like Mm. lies within myself, Um, then I get more energy. So that energy is like, I have access to it, and then I get to focus it on something. Right. And so that, for me, that just feels like a very worthwhile place to put my energy. Mm. And and the food forests, and also this vision of growing bigger forests and like reforesting um, places that have been deforested. This kind of stuff, I can see how big of an impact it can have on everything really it's like on the water on the soil on the air on humans it's like it's quite a positive thing yeah and so for me i was like yeah that's that's a good use of this energy yeah yeah yeah
0: i I love hearing that and just kind of getting a framework of how could one uh, really elevate their consciousness and get to this place of like being in tune with their purpose and working being in service service for something bigger than themselves and for you it was really clearing out all this like leaking energy forces you know because of all this different different things the pain and all the trauma that i guess you were dealing with like we're and and a lot of people on this planet are, uh, are trapped with this trauma is kind of holding him down and we spend so much energy in kind of running away from the shadows or trying to uh distract yourself from the pain and if we could really be with the pain and 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 sit with and and clear and, and release this this pain and trauma and shadows then there's so much kind of um energy in our uh in 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 our that we could release and channel into something more meaningful like yourself, like working on this big vision and projects that is in the service and in the, for the betterment of the whole like the humanity. Yeah. So I love hearing that. and kind of, uh, cause I've always been thinking about like what, how can people kind of go to the next stage of like the human development and like working toward something that is bigger than themselves. And I love hearing your journey in, in getting there. Yeah. Um, And I'm curious if you're open to share a bit more about like what specifically that you went through that got you to start evaluating, analyzing and doing that deep inner work.
1: Yeah, sure. I'm happy to share that. Um, But one other thing I wanted to share is I'm not I still experience pain and discomfort. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like I don't experience that anymore. Um, I just have a different relationship to it. And. I'm able to focus my energy more on like what I want to create. And then mm. as I expand, I hit blocks, and then I, um, I do sure. my best to handle them so yeah. I can keep expanding and keep having a positive impact. Mm, yeah. So
0: I, I'm glad that you pointed yeah. that out because there's always <laughs> this like idea misconception that once oh, someone is enlightened, they are like will always be in like love and light and everything is sunshine and rainbow. But mm-hmm. no, we're like still we're all human beings, and like pain and discomfort is part of the whole journey. It never yeah. it goes away. It just I think we just changes our relationship to them. Yes. Yeah.
1: Totally. So, like, yeah. Yeah, and and I've gotten. I feel lighter in myself, and I've gotten faster at releasing blocked energy. You know? mm. Like I, I think as I've gained more of my life force back, I have more ability to look at things that I might have been afraid to look at in myself. Mm. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, and I, I go to it <laughs> yeah. where before I was like, oh, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to see that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's a, it's yeah. sort of a skill set of like, and it takes time to develop that. Yeah, or at least it took me time. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the question was, can you repeat the second question? Yeah. Yeah. Typically
0: around that tough times that you went through. Oh yeah, the tough times started this whole journey.
1: Yeah. So. Um. Okay, I'll start in one place. I was just trying to like identify where to start mm. in this. Um. I had tough like in my childhood. I had. Quite a few challenging experiences um which i can go into but i think what i'm going to go into is the sh- the moment where i kind of shift onto mm. the journey which is also what you were talking about and uh it's kind of a i think it's kind of interesting so i'll, I'll share that yes please um i had i graduated college i studied art in college and i actually traveled to indonesia for six months after Mm. and after that i was uh searching for how i was going to make an income i studied Mm. art in college so i was working on some art projects and selling them i did like some uh, drawings to present to patagonia for their t-shirts they bought one of them it was like i was making a little money but not a whole lot and i was also growing a bunch of food i got mm-hmm. really into, inspired to grow food huh? and so i was growing food making art and surfing not making much money mm-hmm. um, i got a job working at a bird rehabilitation center mm-hmm. which was really cool but also not that cool of a job because yeah. i was basically like really? cleaning up bird poop out of the cages and feeding them dead rats so that was and some of the birds were yeah. trying to attack me so Yeah, to be like super sly, like get the food in and get out. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know what we're doing for you? (laughs) Grateful brats. Yeah. So, um, and uh, yeah, and I had like a solid girlfriend at the time, and Mm. it was cool. And but I was really searching how can I make money. Mm. And in that time, I got a call and asked if I could work for Will Smith, if I would come and cook a meal, basically. Right. They wanted a healthy chef and someone, a woman had heard about me because I was doing some private dinners with the food I was growing.
0: Uh, So you're already like cooking and yeah,
1: I had in college, I had um, interned at a restaurant and I had, I got a job there. So I, and it was fine dining. So I was like fairly trained, but Right, not that trained, really. Right, know? I just I wonder, like, how does one get a phone
0: call to work for Will Smith? You know? It was pretty
1: much like uh magic, I would say. Right. I I wasn't applying for it. Wow. I wasn't really. I had had the thought. I remember, like, like three years prior, I had been like, maybe I'll be a personal chef. You know, but right. I just kind of had the thought. Probably. Right, but that was about it, and um. It was just the right place at the right time, and I was doing the right thing, mm. which was making really healthy food with a lot of stuff I had grown, and they were kind of in an urgent situation where they wanted to eat healthier all of a sudden, mm. and then had, had a, from what I understand, they had a healthier chef in Kauai on their vacation, and they're like, hey, we're coming home. We want to eat healthy now. Mm-hmm. So, like, the st- the um, head chef and the crew were like, okay, we need a healthy chef, mm. Uh, anyway so I I got it was I worked as a freelance chef but I pretty much worked there on and off for four and a half years and it was my it was my main job it was like three or four days a week Mm. and then there was a few times a few months where I didn't work and Mm. that kind of a thing um and it really was like this big expansion for me because all of a sudden I'm making like way more money yeah I'm like um really getting pushed in my creativity and like i have like a nice budget and a really nice kitchen to work in mm. and each time you know they want different meals it's not like i can't mm. cook the same thing every day so i'm like all right what That's am i gonna create it yeah so i was like yeah. creative and like working really hard and like i was definitely the other chefs were more trained so i was like i sort of had to like learn a lot fast mm. and i was like really focused and it was a big expansion for me. And people are like, oh, well, how you work for... You know, people make a big deal of that. Right. And so that also... I wouldn't say I was like, yeah, I'm Will Smith's chef. Right. But on some level, it was like, yeah, I'm Will Smith, One of his chefs. I wasn't his right. only chef. There's right. multiple chefs. Um, so it had this sort of... Uh, big expansion for me in my life Mm. and I had my girlfriend we had a house we were living in and I got to surf a lot it was like really good time in my life wow um so the the shift was the end of that time period Mm. when um I stopped cooking for them it was I kind of got fired slash let go Mm. it was like a mixture and then I ended up working for them again a little bit but anyways that That ended, and I had worked really hard, like for a month straight, like pretty much the hardest I'd ever worked. Wow! And I was really tired. I remember being like exhausted from working so much, and then I got kind of, I don't know how what we want to call it, but fired, let go, Mm. and and then shortly after that, my girlfriend and I split up. So everything sort of fell apart. Uh, It was like this, like everything, (laughs) and then it was like
0: wow, and
1: it just like. In, in one go. In one... <laughs> um it was it the first was the job and then I think I was very exhausted and I was kind of like a little lost after that and so I wasn't showing up as good in the relationship. And so then that kind of fell apart and um and the relationship was the thing that really like cracked me in a way. But it was I think it was the whole sequence. Of stuff. And I remember just, like, crying. I was crying so hard. I felt like I was going to die. I remember that, like, wow. fuck, Like, it was like so much intense feeling yeah. coming out of me. And, it, and, you know, as I went on and did more and more personal work, I realized it was not even that, those situations that was causing. The, it was old pain that I had not felt for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, but that really, like, cracked me open that moment and it really set me seeking kind of seeking like freedom or relief from the amount of discomfort I was feeling I was like mm. crying every day and just being like huh oh, this sucks this is right. like, yeah like how do I I don't want to live like this forever how do I get out of this forever? right <laughs> yeah and so I was searching for um yeah I tried all different kinds of like um ceremonies and meditation groups and Mm. processing work and i found a few things that that really resonated and really helped me a lot Mm. and those the two main ones were um a processing work which is like a one-on-one um Mm. therapy that helps people find more truth in themselves Mm. i mean there's a lot more depth to it than that but that's the simple and that i ended up uh, training in actually so I can give sessions in that now. Mm. And then also um sweat lodge and Native American ceremonies. Mm. And I also trained in that. So the two that like really helped me, I trained and learned how to do and help people mm. with them as well. So wow. um so yeah, that was that was the moment.
0: <laughs>
1: it was like a big Yeah, it's yeah. like you're just kind of forced into it. Like there's yeah pretty much it was like am i just gonna like lay around and cry all the time or am right. i gonna like figure out what's going on here yeah like, yeah and you yeah. had to go and yeah and
0: uh, i was like i'm like going going on the journey yeah yeah and, and what do you learn through this whole kind of process like what was the key for you uh, and what was that source of pain and discomfort because you realized that there underlying there's more to like what you thought was the source, mm-hmm. and yeah, what did you discover through this whole process? Or how, how do you attain that feeling of inner freedom?
1: Oh, how have I in a way? Mm. Um, well, I don't always feel it, mm. but I feel it more now. Mm. And um, I think the main thing is to go within and find more truth. Mm. That's really that's really it Mm. and because the all the pain and discomfort is generally lies or um, traumatic incidents that I went unpresent and didn't fully experience so by going back to them and fully experiencing them Mm. and then like um, freeing that that energy but also freeing uh, through freeing the energy also seeing the identities i created based on those experiences Mm. and and freeing them and then creating new identities that work for what i do want to create and Mm. what i really want and that are more like aligned with who i truly am Mm. does that make sense yeah yeah
0: going deeper and deeper and really seeking what that truth really is for you yes and really facing that instead of kind of running away from it yeah
1: yeah and before i would say i was yeah i wasn't really willing or even like aware it was so much pain inside that i was just like i would surf a lot work Mm. and i was pretty happy but i also was not uh like i wasn't being my greatest self
0: or living in my greatness mm, but, mm. yeah yeah because uh, i mean I, i've had a couple of chef friends and they told me so i'm quite aware of like they're they're really strict and rigid and and kind of terrible working hours <laughs> like being uh-huh. in, the, yeah. in the kitchen the whole day and yeah in a way, it could be some sort of a distraction from being able to go inward and and really sit with all this pain and discomfort because you're constantly in the in the kitchen to working. Focus, like, yeah. Yeah, like really long hours. Yeah, I didn't do that so much. Mine was more surfing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: I realized I didn't really want to be cooking that much. Right. Yeah. Yeah, at least in that kind of an environment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would use surfing and pretty positive things. Really, I didn't like get super into drugs or I smoked weed, I drank sometimes, but it wasn't like too extreme with the avoidance in that way. Mm. I think it was mostly like, um, just surfing and staying busy, but, but in general, it was just, um, my, my full expression was limited. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in that stage and even like up until now, like releasing this book, Mm. there's been part of me that is restrained Mm. and I can feel it like the self like restraint. And I'm like, I know that there's big things that I'm here to share Mm. and whatever that is within myself that I'm holding myself back. I want to
0: handle that Mm. so that I can give the gifts that I'm here to give. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what, what, what's the like biggest change that you saw after that big, um transformative event, after you know everything kind of was falling apart, and then you went yeah. on this journey to kind of find yourself and find the truth uh, yeah. how did that part of your life kind of change you as a person?
1: Well, I became way more self aware mm. um, i what I'm teaching now, I wouldn't have been able to teach, mm. so I think it kind of allowed this part of me that wants to teach and share to come Mm -hmm. out where before I had known that. I remember when I was cooking for uh, Will Smith and his family and there was times I was like, I want to be like, I was really into raw food at the time and like superfoods. I was studying like a ton about it. And I was like, I want to teach about this. And, but I wasn't, that wasn't really what I came here to teach actually. Mm -hmm. And I needed to like go through this, journey to like have a higher awareness Mm. to know what I want to teach about Mm. and how to communicate it and teach it and how to like understand Mm. a simple like a simple process that I just do well I can't teach that unless I can break it down and go how did I do that Mm. and so this level of like inquiry and self-awareness has allowed me to go oh this is this is how my the process works so i can share it with someone
0: mm. yeah and, and what i'm hearing is really going deep underneath the layers of the, the motivations like you thought you wanted to you know cook raw food that when you go dig deeper from what i'm hearing is like are you actually really want to share how we can develop a healthier lifestyle relationship to planet earth and yeah. all that's this bigger purpose uh, that there's kind of like underlying underneath that what you think was oh, this is what I'm, what I'm gonna do but actually yeah. this is really what i'm gonna do and share with the world yeah exactly and it's really about
1: connection mm. I mean, that's kind of the underline or overline or whatever you want to call it that's, right that's the theme word is the connection right and it, as i went on the journey i'm trying i tried a lot of different diets and it was super cool because i learned that they cook for him and learned different ingredients but i noticed that that For a lot of people, that's actually um, a way of disconnection or separation, Mm. similar to how religion could be that. Mm. And um, food is, like, such a beautiful thing that connects people. Mm. And if you think of, like, indigenous tribes, they're not, like, (laughs) nobody's like, no, sorry, I'm I'm vegan or I'm paleo. You know, it's like, everyone's like, wow, I'm so grateful I got food. And we're this right. is what's here for us. We're gonna eat it, right. and we're super connected because we like hunted it and we grew it and we harvested it. Right. Um,
0: so it's it's an interesting uh, yeah. time we're in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like a light bulb, aha, <laughs> <laughs> kind of idea that I got from you is like how food is just a medium to get to what you really want to bring out to the planet, which is connection. Yeah. You know, like it's and and a lot of us got lost in the 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 means instead of the end you know yeah. a lot of people thought like what they really want to do is make a lot of money or like buy this and like get that but at the end of the day what they want to is like a sense of recognition. and what does that go deeper into is like love they want to feel yeah. loved yeah but we got lost into the the medium to get there and not really get to the source of what they really want and the medium can always change but really asking yourself what is that one thing that really yeah. makes us alive and really feels us, and for you, is that connection, and you found how to get there through food.
1: Yeah, it's. I would say I found how to get there through going within, mm. and through food is how I teach people yeah. about it. Yes, That's yeah. that. Yeah, food and growing food, and yeah, and it's food is something that I like loved so much my whole life like Mm. when i was a little kid i was like super into like Mm. food and i had a hot sauce collection (laughs) and i was like always you know it was just like very interesting for me Mm. and it like you were saying earlier it's such it's a big part of almost everyone's life yeah and so it's a really good access point yes and food actually was kind of the start of my spiritual journey Mm. before that Um, experience i just shared about where i kind of broke down and things fell apart Mm. i started working on my diet and i started becoming more aware of like how does that feel when i eat this thing and learning about my relationship to those and getting more nutrients in my body because Mm. in order to do the deeper spiritual work it's super helpful if we're like well nourished yes yeah, if we're not that yeah. well nourished it's hard to do that stuff that too yeah so it
0: is an entry point for a lot of people on that path mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well just speaking to you i just like have so much more appreciation to food now. it's just not like something that you just take into your body to like sustain yourself but there's so much to it that like, yeah. we just don't have the awareness of yeah uh and 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 I want to kind of get to the community aspect. and at, at what yeah. point do you realize like food can really bring people together? Was that through your time when you spent in with the with the tribes in the in the in South America? Um, no,
1: that that started as a kid, really. Mm. And just that was our family. Food is what one of the main things that brought our family together was like we'd eat dinner together. Mm. My mom would cook, like we would help her cook, and. We'd all sit at the dinner table and eat. Mm. So that was really, like, our main – one of the main things our family did together and growing the food, too, because we always had gardens when I was growing up. Mm. So that was really, like, a huge place of connection. And then even with my extended family, like, for Christmas and Thanksgiving, we'd go to my grandma's and, like, have a big meal. And it was kind of, like, the thing that brought everyone together.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, so – and then the community element, you know, that's that's one thing, because, like, in the family, there's a community culture in a way that everyone's brought together. But then there's creating community outside of family, which is actually a different skill set, because mm-hmm. you have all these people coming in with different – they come from different families, they have different ideas. Mm. And how do you create a space where they feel, like, safe and connected and loved and um, – that I really, I think I learned the most about that from my teacher, uh, Tom Bussler. And he's, um, he studied the tradition from the Mi'kmaq. It's a mm. native tribe from Eastern Canada, which I've studied too through mm. him. And yeah, I really learned a lot about being in my heart and creating community and mm. from him and doing the, s- the sweat lodges. Cause mm. We had a really good community around that. And there was, there's definitely like a, w- a way of holding that space and that energy yeah and that with my cooking that comes in some but with the food forest it's really quite similar like the way I hold that is very similar to what I learned from him.
0: Can mm. so, you sure more about sweat lodges because I don't think that's something. Oh that yeah sure. Like um, with.
1: A sweat lodge is a Native ceremony popular um, for Native American tribes, but I think there's other places around the world that do it as well. And generally, there's a domed structure. Outside of the dome structure is a big fire with lava rocks in it. And then once the fire breaks down and the lava rocks are hot, somebody brings them into the structure where um, there's a circle of people around the outside. Mm. And the structure is usually covered with um, blankets or something to keep the warmth in. Mm -hmm. And then the person leading the ceremony, it's called the water pourer. They pour water onto the stones that let off the steam and also put different uh, plant medicines that let like aromas off. Mm. Um, So that's kind of like how it works. There's four rounds generally. Um, And then the deeper... Part of that is there's um, a lot of different spirit helpers that come in and people um, offer prayers for things they want help with or things they want to call into their life. Mm. And the spirit helpers come and uh, help help people. Mm. So That's a simple version of it. To really know know about it, you kind of got to go to one. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I've been wanting to go to one. I've been hearing a lot about sweat lodge. Yeah, and there's different styles of sweat lodge. Yeah, yeah. I learned the tradition from the Mi'kmaq, mm, yeah. is the name of a tribe? The tribe yeah, okay. Mi'kmaq or Mi'kmaq, it's pronounced both ways, mm. yeah.
0: And were you there just to, was this part of your that inner journey and exploration? How do you end up there?
1: Yeah, yeah, so like I said, I was trying all these different things to try and get some relief from my pain. Right. Um, and yeah, I had gone to a couple sweat lodges with one community, and I remember watching the, the firekeeper, so that's the person that tends the fire. Mm. They make the fire, they light it, they add logs to it, and then they also bring the stones into the sweat lodge. We call the stones the uh, grandfathers. Mm. And so I remember watching someone do that, and I was like, I kind of want to like, try that. Mm. Like I had this feeling I wanted to do it, right. but I didn't really know, like, do you ask, or did they ask you, <laughs> or how does this happen? Because you know? yeah. it's not really like spoken about so right. much. Um, and then I went to, I got invited to a lodge with my teacher and I think it was the first or second one I went to with him and he asked me if I would be the firekeeper. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, super hard, <laughs> especially the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was trying to do everything perfect, so it was way harder. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually he told me uh, if I wanted him to teach me it'd be good to give him some tobacco Mm -hmm. and that's what we do for like exchange in that tradition and so I gave him tobacco and uh, he became my teacher and I yeah I did a lot of ceremonies helping him and then some specific ceremonies for me and like my path Mm -hmm. and um, then I went through a process and was invited to carry a pipe which is for use for healing ceremonies Mm -hmm. And then I also did a fast to lead sweat lodges, so I have permission to lead them, but I haven't done it yet. Mm. So it's a big responsibility,
0: and I will do it when the time's right. So, no. Yeah, there's so much Maybe more see. to it than yeah. just like getting people together in a hot room. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, that, there's. I mean,
1: yeah. it's quite a like leading that is a huge responsibility yeah, yeah. and also a huge giveaway. Yeah. It's really a lot of giving yeah i really admire my teacher for it but he helps so many people
0: Mm. it's really cool and and your relationship and appreciation to nature um did it purely come from this how you grew up with your family i'm just curious because a lot of us currently are very especially those who live in like the urban areas we're very disconnected from nature Uh the thought of like growing our own food or like going to the garden and plant our soil, it's just, it's just we never thought, like, even bothered about that, but for yeah. you, how do you, how do you develop this love for this process? Yeah. Um,
1: well, I grew up doing it, so I mm. would say that's kind of the answer, but I didn't always like it that much when I was a kid, because yeah. I had to, like, pull the weeds, which is not that fun of a yeah. job, you know? So I remember being like, oh, I gotta pull weeds, and I, like, wanted right. to play, you know? But, um, I think just, like, being able to like climb in a tree like we have a really beautiful apricot tree in my mom's yard Mm. and like climb in the tree and like eat this amazing fruit and like just the amazing gifts that come Mm. out of the garden and out of nature and also noticing like um, after I go surfing or after I go swimming in a creek or spend time in a forest how much better I feel Mm -hmm. I generally feel a lot better after I do that yeah so just having that awareness and being like wait if I'm, like, on my computer all day or in the city, I don't feel so good. Yeah. But if I go out in nature, I'm like, oh, I feel, like, way happier and better. So <laughs> yeah. I think that it has inspired me to make sure that I could be in nature a lot in my life. Yeah. And also that to contribute back to that thing that's given to me so much. Mm,
0: yeah. yeah. Have you wh- – where, where's um, Will Smith's uh, – house is it in i I was imagining it's in like a big city or like somewhere in the in the urban area it's so uh, it's close to
1: la but it's it's outside of la right and it's actually like a big
0: um kind of big ranch like uh, okay. there's actually a lot of nature um, around this house okay. yeah i'm just curious if you've like interacted a lot with people from the cities who are very so used to the like hustle and bustle of fast pace kind of life uh-huh. and if you notice any difference or any uh um, yeah, like, how how they view life, how they, what the lifestyle is like, versus you who, like, grew up spending a lot of time in nature. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely know it's a <laughs> difference. Yeah, it's a different uh, frequency, different way of operating. Yeah. And it also has cool things to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, when I go to a city, I'm not so... I'm not as good in a city as someone mm-hmm. that grew up there that, like, really knows that mm. you know, I don't know it as well it's not like I never go to cities yeah, yeah. Because, like I grew up going to cities but, yeah and I when I was a little kid I really liked going to um San Francisco mm. I liked the like street buskers and all that kind of stuff like people playing music on the street and mm. so um I mean every person is so different it's hard to say like yeah. city people are bit, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but definitely there's a A difference and i think for people from the city it nature can be something that there's more fear around Mm. and also discomfort yeah in a way it can be uncomfortable and i think for people that are wanting to get into nature more to start with something gentle Mm. just like go to the beach or go to a park and Mm. um just maybe put your hand on a plant and see if you can a tree or something, just see if you can feel a, mm-hmm. a connection there. And see if you can notice if you feel different after doing that experience. Mm. Because nature can be uncomfortable. There's like it can be bugs and thorns and yeah. you know, it's not always like this perfect yeah. thing. But with those things also there's all these beautiful blessings that are like really amazing mm-hmm. awesome beautiful
0: places and, yeah, yeah it's really great yeah, yeah yeah uh for those who have never really spent much time in nature i think they're just missing a lot on like what it feels like just to be human again and be part of something bigger i think that's a, that's a yeah it's a key part of experiencing this transcendental kind of state of mind it's like it's good in nature and like realize how we're so connected to like every beings like yeah. around us and feeling this this feeling of like ah like i don't have to only think about myself like i feel like every time i'm like in in nature i feel like my ego gets smaller and smaller because i'm like i'm part of something that's so big and grandiose and magnificent like yeah it's just i feel in awe and and that's something that i feel a lot of people who are stuck in this like really fast-paced lifestyle is, is missing the feeling of awe the feeling of being slowed down and and just chill a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> relaxing, relaxing. Exactly, relax.
1: And it, yeah, it's the same for me because I um I because I'm launching this book and Instagram and work, I'm really working towards creating more of an online income. Mm. So that requires quite a lot of computer time and yeah. phone calls and um I notice every week when I go to the food forest. By the end of it, I always feel a lot better, mm. and and I would say pretty consistently, like a majority of the people that come feel, I don't know, about I would say maybe twice as good afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like people are really feeling good after being in yeah. nature. And it's, it's incredible. It's, yeah, it's, it's every, like
0: yeah, it's very yeah. therapeutic and healing and energizing. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: I think the community because they're working together, they're right. making friends, and they're with the plans. and. But just that experience really, like, gives people some beautiful gift. Mm. And it's I think it's also very close to, like, maybe how we used to live before we had big cities and all this technology. People were working with the land and they were cooking together and they were in community. So there's some part of us that remembers and knows yeah. that. And so when we get some of it, it's like, ah.
0: Yes, it feels good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that part of yeah. us that a lot of us have forgotten that we yeah. are part of a tribe, and then we go to this forest and we hunt and we grow food. And today's like this modern age has disconnected us from from that, from our ancestors, and how we used to live, and what like being human actually feels like yeah yeah totally yeah so we need more of like Ulu food forest and all this communal like gatherings that get people together in nature and 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 rebuild and remember this this part of us that uh, we we have uh, a lot of us have forgotten and left behind
1: yeah yeah and that's something that's cool i get to help people reconnect Mm -hmm. to the nature and I like it. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah,
0: you're doing an incredible like important work here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think we're coming close to the end. Okay. And I know that apart from cooking and bringing communities together, you're yeah. also an artist who yes. so knows how to beatbox. Yeah, <laughs> I love for you're going to kind of end this on like a high with note. With a beatbox? With a beatbox. Okay. Are you going to rap or what? <laughs> you could rap us all. Yeah, so you also... Can you join me then? Or... No, I could like make some sound but I don't think I yeah. know how yeah, I yeah, really yeah, yeah. to rap.
1: Get back to nature y'all Yes Boom <laughs> boom yeah, get some natural food, dude. You got to keep it chilling because I got a good feeling. Boom, boom, boom. My heart is open so wide. Yo, boom, boom. It's galactivate. Activate. This is the time. Get off your computers and for your mind. Get your feet back in the earth. Mm-hmm. This is the time like a tree and a bee bird butterfly. People wonder why I got to give it to the most high peaks because I freak to the beat and I seek truth within. Coming once again. I'm here with Edric. Kick, 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 kick it. boom, boom. boom. Boom, boom. Yeah, one, two, three, and we, yeah.
0: Ah, so good! That's the best way of ending my podcast episode.